Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday afternoon. And as you can tell by the uh, truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go over to that home daycare center and get to the one, the only Ryan Callahan, where if you're, you know, if we're going to Ryan this time of year, what that probably means. So Ryan, tell us why we're having a breaking news edition of this podcast. Well, Tennessee has made another early addition to its 2024 recruiting class, too, now in the month of February, uh, a month that often is pretty quiet because there are no visits happening. It's a dead period for recruiting, but Tennessee's still getting some work done. And with another big priority, uh, this time four-star wide receiver J.J. Harrell uh, from North Panola High School in Sardis, Mississippi, picking the Vols on Monday afternoon. Uh, he told me Alabama finished second. Uh, he, he had just gotten an offer from them last month. and visited there the final weekend of January before the dead period started. And, you know, not, not sure if he was at the very top of Alabama's board or whatever, but you know, that, that offered kind of a reflection of the, the growing number of major programs that had pursued him. He'd gotten offers from uh, I think five different sec schools in January and early February, Uh, you know, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, Auburn were all in the race for him. So legitimate, uh, big time competition for him and Tennessee wins out after getting him on campus only once he visited for the first time on January 14 for that first junior day of the year after getting an offer from Tennessee in early December and you know told me pretty much knew by the end of that first visit um, that, that, that that's where he wanted to go that that Tennessee felt like the right fit for him he he initially had planned to announce a decision on January 30th at one point and then I want to say the exact day he announced that. Alabama offered. Yeah, uh, that, January twenty fourth. That, that'll throw that'll throw a, a bit of a, a bit of a stick in the spoke when that happens. Yeah. So so that afternoon, within a couple hours of him announcing that he was going to announce on on J- uh, January thirtieth, he said pushing back the commitment. And uh, and at that time, you know, from that point, just kind of left things open ended. Didn't seem to be rushing to a decision. Didn't know exactly when he was going to make a decision. Uh, and, and, you know, we had heard, heard recently that had just started to make some plans for some official visits. He, he does have his official visits to Tennessee already scheduled for June, but, you know, has seen enough that he decided he's done. Um, so big for Tennessee to, to not just get a player like this from out, outside the state of Tennessee, you know, three early in-state commitments among their five commitments for the 2024 class, but to go into, again, a neighboring state and get a guy with this many SEC programs after him. Uh, this is a big deal, and I think a really nice pickup for Tennessee at the wide receiver position, where they they definitely need to 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 get a few nice players in this class after signing what what might be a pretty small receiver class, depending on how things play out with Cameron Seldon. Um, need need to get a few more guys there and, and build on obviously the success of Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman 
and certainly J.J. Harrell, a really nice start to that receiver class. Yeah, and this young man has been kind of rising up the rankings, got a bit of a bumpity bump here recently, and he's up to 104 overall in the composite, number two overall in Mississippi in the composite. And, of course, there's always a lot of good players in Mississippi. It's it's not like a Louisiana or, or, or something of that sort, but there are always a bunch of, you know, at least a bunch of pretty good players down there in that state right there, not too far from, from Memphis where he is actually. But th- this talk to me and talk to everyone listening here about this young man as a player. You're looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, you're looking at 6'2", 185 is what we've got listed right now. Looks pretty explosive on tape. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, obviously you might look at him as a, I'm guessing a perimeter target, but he's explosive, can leap, can run. There's a there's a lot to like about this young man. Yeah, I, I mean, really on film, he looks like a a, a great fit for Tennessee's offense, uh, just in the sense that he can do uh, a, a lot of different things and and can you know that's six two. I'm not I'm not totally sure on that. I, I, I've seen some different. People say it's maybe closer to six feet. So, uh, regardless, tall enough that you can you can play outside with his size, and he and he has longer arms. I think for a guy with his build, um, so so a lot a lot to like still about his uh, just his overall build, but at the same time has has the speed, the explosiveness to to be a deep threat, and that 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 kind of stands out on film. He can he can definitely get downfield, go up and get it when it's uh, when he needs to high point it. And, uh, and and at the same time can make really nice plays with the ball in his hands after the catch. Um, you don't see a lot of players like that, and that's obviously what Tennessee's offense is all about, those two things, getting it <laughs> getting it down the field and making plays after the catch on, on, a, on a quick screen or something like that. So he's a guy who can do a little bit of both of those and, and a really nice fit for, for this offense. I think with his size, you you could see him line up in the slot potentially if he doesn't get, get any taller, but easily could line up outside. And uh, and again, someone Tennessee kind of set its set its sights on pretty quickly once they offered him back in early December. I think Kelsey Pope um, really liked what he saw from from his junior season, and uh, and and sort of built a pretty quick pretty quickly built a strong connection with him. They had a they had a couple of ends there, a couple connections that maybe helped them uh, quickly shoot up his board once he got that offer. He's a friend of John Slaughter, the the Tennessee freshman safety who's from the same area in Mississippi. And, and then also knows Tamarian McDonald, the Tennessee defensive back, uh, just down the road, uh, being from Memphis. So uh, those those two connections certainly didn't hurt Tennessee, but they pretty quickly shot up his list. And I think we're, we're immediately one of the favorites once he got that offer. And, and the visit kind of blew him away. He likes the offense. Uh, there's a lot to like there. And, and again, on film, it's hard not to envision him being a, a, a pretty good player in Tennessee's offense if he continues to build on what he did this past season because he is – really explosive and you're, you're certainly seeing that reflected in the way he's moving up the rankings that started back in October when 24 seven sports initially made him a four star and he's gotten some other bumps as you mentioned recently throughout the industry in fact just moved up Monday to just outside the top 100 in the 24 seven sports composite uh, I think moved up about 100 spots with that move I think it was 205 at the time he committed uh, early Monday afternoon so clearly still moving up and I think you could continue to see more of that so this is a guy Tennessee you never know. They might have some competition for him in the coming months, even though he is obviously committed now and not, not planning to look elsewhere. Yeah, he, he, to me, it's interesting because I, I, I say this all the time, Ryan, and I feel like people probably get tired of hearing this, but 
I feel the need to mention it in every podcast with recruiting just to make sure people understand this. I am not one of our evaluators. It is not my professional duty to evaluate these young men as prospects and rank them and those sorts of things. That That's not my job. Obviously, you have a part in that process. We have other guys, national guys, who have a huge part in that process. But when I look at him, I see a guy who I don't know if he gets to full speed after just a few steps or anything, um, but he's quick enough, uh, moves laterally well enough. And But he looks to me like when he gets going, like a lot of kids, if he's you know 6'1", 6'2", if he's in this range, this isn't surprising. But once he gets going, to me, he looks like he really gets going. You know, kind of um, – you see that a lot of times with these 6'2", to 6'4", kind of receivers. They, <clears throat> they might need a few steps to get going, but when they do, they are really, really, really – really fast and it looks to me like he's quick enough to offset that so maybe a maybe maybe a jack of all trades type here like you said yeah i i think the speed really shows up on on the downfield passes yeah, but yeah. there's a couple a couple of plays where you can see he takes some short and mid-range throws and, and sort of turns the corner or when he once he gets an open field he really turns on the jet so like you said maybe better uh long range speed than short term quick uh, short range quickness but but he definitely has that speed to where he he is explosive on on you know basically any type of play. There's there's some way for him uh, to break a break a big gain, and that's uh that's the kind of player you want in this offense that that does a lot of its damage on either quick screens or things like that, or on on plays where where you you get a guy just running open twenty yards downfield. Uh, so so if they can continue to scheme scheme things open, and JJ Harrell can show that he he can play his way onto the field early, that's uh, it, it's not hard to envision him making plays in, in those two types of situations. So uh, there, there's definitely a lot to like about his game on, on film. And uh, I think, you know, again, the fact that Tennessee had made him such a priority already that that, that Alabama and all, all those different programs had offered him in a pretty pretty short time span, really, that he, he kind of blew up when coaches were on the road in January. Which yeah, is that, that, that's of- what I was going to ask you. What caused that? Because there's always a genesis to those sorts of things, right? Like something – when things start to domino like that, you know, you get more offers, the rankings go up. Normally something happens in that in that spurt to sort of start that. What was it? Yeah, in, in a lot of cases, I think it's just junior film. And that's so that's what they do. They, you know, they get past early signing day in December. They they go back and as they get ready to go out on the road, they they look at these guys that they're about to go see uh, when when schools open up in January. And um, so once the film got out and and you know, sometimes you stop at these schools and you find out more. Uh, about a player that might sort of push you over over the edge on going ahead and offering a player um, that, that you maybe already liked on film a little bit. Um, so so yeah, just once coaches went out on the road and, and stopped at a school and things like that, they uh, the, the the offer started to pile up. And so so you were initially Tennessee looked like it was fighting, you know. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, those yeah. types of teams for him, which is not easy thing. in that state. That's not even though that's a Memphis yeah. area kid. That's not easy. That's not easy when you get those in states there in that state. That can be that can be tough. Absolutely, and uh, and like you said, that state puts out some really good players. That it's it's maybe not in not always in high volume, but the ones at the top can be really good at Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, they they put out some high end players, uh, certainly highly ranked prospects that come out of that state every year. And uh, so so yeah, once once you got to January and you started to see you know Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, all, all these major programs start to into the picture. He visited LSU in, in January, really liked that visit when he first announced uh, that he was revealing his going to be revealing his commitment on January 30th, which he again decided to hold off on that. At the time we thought it was maybe between Tennessee and LSU, um, not so much the in-state schools um, because he had really liked that LSU visit as well. So 
Uh, and again, by all indications, Tennessee, I think, would have been the pick if he'd gone forward with announcing that decision. So he gave it a little more time, thought on it with his family, you know, just decided again that that Tennessee was was the right fit. And maybe that's because, you know, he, he didn't really get into why that is. But sometimes you find out who's serious about you and who's not. You know, once you're when you're getting those offers in January, you, you start to feel like a, a like, hey, my recruitment's really taking off. I've got to see how this how this progresses. And those, you know, you don't know yet how how the relationship is going to develop with those other schools. And maybe once he, you know, once he got a few weeks down the road, Tennessee was one of the schools that sort of stuck with him the most. You know, that still was on him every day, things like that. You know, that that matters uh, to a lot of kids. Uh, you you obviously want to go where you're wanted. We we know Tennessee wanted him, and that that's certainly a school that I think did one of the best jobs of recruiting him among the teams uh, that that was really pursuing him. So. I, I think that you know there were a lot of reasons that this one uh, got done early, but but give Tennessee a lot of credit either way for getting a, a pretty fast rising prospect to to commit this early from outside the state. That's not easy to do, uh, and you know again you'd rather be playing defense on a player like this the next ten months as opposed to to trying to land him. So even if his stock continues to rise, uh, I, I think it's a really nice addition for Tennessee. And he sounds like you know he, I asked him I said are you, are you done? I've always got to ask this. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. To, 10 months out, I said, you know, are you going to still take any visits? Are you keeping the door open at all? And he said, I'm a Vol. So, you know, that can always change. You never know in recruiting, but I think Tennessee's uh, in, in a pretty good spot to, to, to at least have a chance to, to fight off any other teams that might still go after him in the coming months. So this is a, you know, again, I think a really nice pickup and someone that Tennessee is, if, if assuming they can hold on to him, someone that uh, could easily end up being the headliner of this receiver class. We'll see who else they end up with, though. They've got some other good possibilities. And if have cast a, a pretty wide net at that position, already have a lot of other highly ranked guys interested in them at the receiver position, which you would maybe expect with the, the receivers production they, they had this past season, but, uh, but still a, an impressive start to get a guy like JJ Harrell to start that position group. Yeah. It's the honeymoon phase, you know, of the recruitment where they're, where it's all lovey dovey. I'm of all, all these other things, you know, we'll see one of them, maybe, you know, when they settle into the, to the marriage and one of them starts snoring a lot and the other one wants to watch a lot of rom-coms and, you know, they can't, one of them, you know, loves Asian food and the other one doesn't. I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the relationship well, goes, but right now they, you know, it seems like he's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm in this to win this. I'm, I'm of all. Well, and, and we've already seen that, right? They got Mazio Bennett back in the fall, and and that commitment didn't last. So um, that that was a little earlier in the process. You know, South Carolina kind of got hot and, and got back in the picture there, and uh, and ended up getting him uh, after he decommitted from Tennessee. So um, you know that those 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 things can turn south, but I, but I think in this case, the fact that you know again JJ Harrell's already got so many big big time offers, you know, wasn't didn't feel the need to go visit Georgia, visit Florida, all these places um, to, to make sure he didn't want to go to those schools. Just didn't even feel the need to come back and visit Tennessee again in March. I thought that was pretty telling, you know, it'd be really easy. The dead period ends Wednesday morning. You know, he could wait until sometime this week and come up this weekend for Tennessee's next junior day or go to a spring practice later this month and easily just commit in a few weeks or whatever. He just wanted to go ahead and do it though. He, he pretty much knew. So, I, I think I think it's set up pretty well for Tennessee to have a good chance of holding on to him. But you know, again, you never know when a player kind of shoots up the rankings as fast as J.J. Harrell has over the past few months. We will see. There's a lot more to discuss uh, about this young man. And, 
and and Tennessee's recruitment of him, Tennessee's recruitment of wide receivers, Tennessee's recruitment of this area, some other factors in this recruitment, all sorts of other things, and we'll get to all of those things. Um, But before we do that, we're slightly overdue for a break, so let's go ahead and squeeze that in now. Let's step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center across town here on a rainy uh, but unseasonably warm Monday afternoon, early Monday evening here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. Talking about Tennessee adding a big, big prospect to the 2024 recruiting class. Tennessee football uh, has added J.J. Harrell, a wide receiver from North Panola High School there just across the border in Mississippi, uh, the number one overall or number 104 overall prospect in the industry, generated 24-7 sports composite, six foot two. This kid is looks very, very good on film. There's a reason why his stock is rising. There's a reason why Alabama and pretty much everyone else in the SEC has offered this kid. There's a reason why Tennessee is stoked to have this kid. Uh, and we have more to discuss about that. And, and what's going to be a really busy day, guys, we're going to have another pod later today. Obviously, the, the news with Tennessee baseball, Tony Vitello uh, being um, – being able to to come out of the sin bin and coach again for Tennessee baseball, uh, touted shortstop Maui Yahuna getting ruled eligible by the NCAA. Tennessee basketball with a huge week coming up here the last week of the regular season, fighting for spots in the postseason. Lots and lots of stuff to discuss, um, but uh, we are sticking to recruiting on this one. And before we get back into recruiting, just a quick suggestion, quick reminder: go in there and take about a minute out of your day, sixty seconds, seventy-five seconds, ninety seconds tops. Go in there, rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We sure would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website at GoVols247.com, no problem. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps out the most is if you go in there and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols247 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints from our end. However, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends, tell people you see 
IRL out in the real world. Tell people you see at games. Tell people you see walking your dog around town, at the golf course, at church, you know, eating lunch, eating dinner. Uh, just anyone you see out there wearing orange, say, hey, I like this podcast. Do you look like a Tennessee fan? Maybe you'll like this Go Balls 24-7 podcast. You might meet your new best friend. You might meet your partner for life. You never know. Karma, pay it forward. It matters. If you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Brian, back to business on this recruitment, this commitment from J.J. Harrell. I have to think, um, and obviously you've talked to the, to the young man, you followed his recruitment, all these things, etc. I have to think Nico Iamaliava played a pretty big role in this, right? You know, it, it, it's you add a five-star quarterback, you expect sort of a, a trickle-down effect from that with skill position players on offense especially, and I have to think that played a big role in this, didn't it? Uh, it, it did. He, he mentioned uh, Nico on his own when I, when I talked with him Monday uh, about the decision and, you know, said – They've got a five-star quarterback, and and that's that's a big deal to know that someone like that's going to be going to be throwing me the ball the next few years. So especially for this class, you know these guys know they can come in. Nico is, you know, if, if everything goes according to plan for Tennessee this year, he's maybe not going to be the guy this year. It should be Joe Milton's team going into the twenty twenty three season, but that they, they know Nico's going to be the you know the front heavy favorite, if not the clear. Uh, the 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 clear uh, front runner for that job, no matter who else is brought in between now and then, going into the 2024 season, so they can come in, and these guys, you know, who obviously always think they're they're going to play from day one, of but course, they, yeah, they're thinking, but they're thinking, hey, I, I can come in there and catch passes from Nico, and we're gonna we're gonna win big, um, and that's that's the expectation you get when you when you sign a player like that. Um, you know, people, I, I've gotten the question even recently from some people, why. You know, why didn't Nico have more coattails uh, a little bit in recruiting in the 2023 class? And I, you know, some of that I think was that Tennessee didn't become a hot team really until later in the year. Nico gave them a certain amount of uh, uh, cachet, I guess, having a five star. But, but at that like point, that. at that point, they still had a lot to prove in terms of how competitive they were going to be. You know, exactly, and, and that was reflected in the reaction that Nico got when he went home to California or. or or when he was at home in California and uh, right after his decision, people are asking why, why Tennessee? Um, you know, he, he, he admitted he, he got some comments from, uh, from, from people in California who were, who didn't look that, that favorably on Tennessee as a program at the time. Um, so, so that they yeah, got, he's hot like, later he, he was like, year. you're going to, you're going to love guys. I found this new band. You're going to love them. Their sound is great. <laughs> they don't have a lot of fans yet. They're, they're not, they're not selling out arenas, but I'm telling you, these guys can play. Well, and he, and he had to tell him like, look, you, you don't know Tennessee. Like you, you just got to go, you got to see it for yourself. It's just, it's, it's not what you think. And so, but, but now he's got on field results to sell. And, and so, you know, obviously Tennessee's got a lot more to sell to wide receivers and, and to quarterbacks after what happened this past season. So I think in this 2024 class, especially having that chance for guys to team up with Nico Iamaliava for the, for the first couple of years, at least of their college career, to know that Tennessee's offense has taken off the way it has under Josh Heupel, that Hendon Hooker had the success he had after transferring from Virginia Tech, um, that Joe Milton looks like a uh, he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback at Tennessee this coming year. You know that all, all those things are going so well for their offense, and now you've got Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and any success they're going to have at the NFL draft to sell to the to these guys in this class. I, I just think it's set up pretty well for Tennessee to have a pretty strong receiver class in in, in the 2024 class. So we'll, we'll see how it shapes up who, who they get to go along with J.J. Harrell. But you know, we've talked before about some of the options out there. 
Ryan Wingo, the five-star from St. Louis, is a guy who picked up a crystal ball prediction for Tennessee back in the fall. Came back to Knoxville for, for that, that same junior day that J.J. Harrell was at uh, in, in mid-January. So they've done a really good job with him. Uh, one of his friends in St. Louis, Jeremiah McClellan, a four-star uh, right there in St. Louis that they're, uh, that, that they're at least in, right in the thick of it for. You know, he's talked about visiting again this spring. Um, so there's some guys like that. In-state, Amari Jefferson, uh, I think, has, has moved up Tennessee's board uh, at, at Baylor School in Chattanooga as he's continued to, to rack up offers. And, and a number of other, other highly ranked guys that they've you know, at least gotten on campus once, Mylon Graham, Bronte Johnson. You know, they, they've, they've got, done a really good job of kind of casting a wide net, at least giving themselves a chance with a bunch of pretty coveted wide receivers in the 2024 class. So we'll see who they ultimately get to go along uh, with J.J. Harrell. But just, just having him in, in the boat as the first, first player at that position – uh, that, that's a really good start, and, and again, just holding on to him might might be a challenge depending on how it how it shakes out. But they uh, just just to to have someone like that to anchor your class, uh, I'm sure that's a bit of a, a load off uh, Kelsey Pope's shoulders, the uh, the wide receivers coach, to know that you've got a guy like that already in there in February, and now you just need to find some guys to go along with him. But if they can continue what they've done so far with Ryan Wingo, I mean that, that's the one everyone's naturally going to turn to now. I think. Uh, because Tennessee has been in good shape with him for a few months now. If they can continue to build on that and potentially get a five-star like that out of St. Louis to go along with a, a four-star like J.J. Harrell in Mississippi, I mean, regardless of what else they get, those two alone would be massive. So uh, Nathan Leacock looks like he's he's got a chance to be really good coming out of North Carolina, already on campus now. So I, I, it's hard not to be excited about the, the, the future of Tennessee's receiver position especially if they continue to add to J.J. Harrell in this 2024 class. Well, I have to think that wide receivers want to come play in this offense, too. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll hear other – and I'm sure negative recruiting you know, goes on everywhere. You'll, you'll have people trying to tell these kids, hey, that's not a, an NFL-style offense necessarily. How, how prepared is it going to make you? Well, you know, Tennessee can, can point already to, to someone like Bayless Jones Jr. and pretty soon it's going to be joined by Jalen Hyatt and uh, Cedric Tillman, uh, t- Tennessee can point to guys, you know, in the NFL, certainly, you know, Gabe Davis up there, at Buffalo who have played in this system and are doing well at the next level. So, uh, and then, you know, people are already talking about squirrel white because he's going to be the next guy probably in that line of Tennessee slot receivers who get to put up kind of video game numbers. You know, you, you've got these other guys coming up through the pipeline. You've got good players there, and, and I got to think that that they keep having some NFL success. They keep doing some of these things. People aren't going to be able to use that against them. And if you can't use that against them, what can you use against them? Because you're going to put up numbers in this offense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the net. The, the key is getting those NFL draft picks. I think that's the one thing they, they really do need to get this year out of Hyatt and Tillman. If they can, if they can get Jalen Hyatt to be a first round pick or uh, or, or Cedric Tillman into the second round or whatever and he takes off who is gonna be a damn good pro i'm just telling you now he's gonna be a damn good pro certainly no reason he can't be uh you know it it, it can be about the situation as much as the skill set depending on 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 where you go but uh but yeah they those guys they they need some success out of those players They, they don't have enough household names in the nfl but to have some guys who who not only just thrived under this staff but that this staff sort of turned into what they became. You know, Jalen Hyatt obviously was a really talented kid coming to Tennessee, but that's someone who in his first year under Jeremy Pruitt showed some flashes but didn't click. Year two, even under Josh Heupel, it didn't really take off the way we thought it might. 
finally in year three, the 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 switch turns and and Tennessee gets the all that all that potential out of him, and it and it turns into a Bolitnikov win. I mean, who, who would have expected that? So not I, that not I said the West, not I. Yeah. So and 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 obviously Cedric Tillman, a guy who had who had, had again shown some flashes in her career. Who actually was wrote, yeah? Who actually was the Bolitnikov contender going into the season? Yeah. Who 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 you know had had shown some potential, especially in, in off season work. Uh, under Jeremy Pruitt's staff, but never really got much of a chance. And then this staff comes in and uh, turns him into a star uh, by the end of year one. That that's that's impressive too. So it's the fact that these guys were players who who you know previously weren't weren't reaching their full potential or, or weren't uh, weren't getting the opportunities. And this staff sort of developed them into this type of NFL draft prospect. I, I think is another feather in the cap for this staff to sell. For for Kelsey Pope to sell, you know, he he, he gets credit, I think, for for the work he did with Jalen Hyatt this year. Uh, you know, as much as it might have, it, it was also maybe fueled by just personal desire to to live up to to his own expectations and, and not disappoint. But but hey, Kelsey Pope did a great job with him with with Ramel Keaton and others for that matter this year. But they, he can sell that, so I think that's the big thing. You know, when you're when you're battling Ohio State for Carnell Tate last year. You didn't have those things to sell. Now you've got some actual track record to show. And if you get Jalen Hyatt first round, Cedric Tillman second or third round, and those guys you know, have some early success in the NFL, that's going to get the attention of players, not just in the 2024 class, but in future classes. That's a big deal. Yeah, I think getting players from this area too is, is big for Tennessee. That's the, the last thing I wanted to talk about. And, and again, for people who don't know where Sardis, Mississippi is, it's closer to Oxford than it is Memphis. Um, but it's still sort of... You know, if you were to ask people, you know, if you go by the airport rule, which is if you run into someone at an airport, how would you explain where you're from? He would probably say Memphis. But, you know, th- this area here, th- this sort of North Mississippi, um, Memphis area, always players in that area, uh, sometimes really, really, really good players in that area. And Tennessee now, you see with John Slaughter, with some of these other guys, now obviously with J.J. Harrell, they've got like a – no one ever builds a fence around that area, but especially when it's that close to Oxford but um, and, and Lane Kiffin's there. But this is a good area to have a pipeline going if you have some relationships. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 again, the connection to John Slaughter kind of shows the value of some of that. Now, I, I might think that – I haven't asked J.J. Harrell this. He might just say he's from North Mississippi. He, he is a good sure. 45 minutes down the road from that's, Memphis. That's but, what I'm saying. Like, it's he's closer to Oxford than he is to, to yeah, Memphis. Exactly. Whereas whereas Slaughter, I mean, he now he's right across the state line in Mississippi. He's really not far into Mississippi. He might say he's from Memphis. Uh, even Kamarion Franklin at Lake Cormorant High School in Mississippi. I visited him last spring. They're just outside Memphis, 15 minutes or so. So yeah, there, there are some. There's some definitely, definitely some guys in that part of the state who would identify themselves as being from there. But yeah, he's from Moore. Harold's from Moore, as as you said. You know, kind of Ole Miss's backyard. You know, that's that's a school. Um, South Panola, uh, obviously a program that's gotten a lot of attention. Ole Miss has had plenty of players from there in the past. So for Tennessee to get a player like JJ Harrell, essentially out of Ole Miss friendly territory. That's a big deal, especially when Ole Miss has a, a good offense of its own to sell, and obviously Lane Kiffin. Um, that's not insignificant. So, and and kind of interesting to me that you know in the end it maybe came down to Tennessee and Alabama uh, from from what JJ Harold described, uh, and, and obviously had a lot of interest in LSU. So, uh, I, I think this is a big deal that Tennessee was able to get a player like that, and yeah, th- this does show you the value of getting players in some of those neighboring states. I mean, John Slaughter. I think was really in J.J. Harrell's ear from the time he got that offer. He said even before he got the offer, 
Um, so having a guy like that in your corner, especially one who's who's willing and eager to take on that recruiting role, that that always helps. It's not the deciding factor in a lot of cases, but it, it does make a school kind of shoot up a, a player's list of favorites pretty quickly when he has a, a connection like that that can really pay off. So even though they're from you know 35 minutes down the road from one another, um, they still had that connection that paid off for Tennessee in the end. So uh, definitely helps and. Uh, something you, you don't see a lot for Tennessee and Mississippi. They've not signed a ton of players out of Mississippi in recent years to, to get a couple good ones like that because Slaughter looks like he's off to a good start at Tennessee too. Um, that's a that's a big deal and something that could potentially pay off in future cycles too. No question about it. And, and you know, when Tennessee's getting back to the program that it it has been for a majority of its existence, um, you, you don't worry so much about going into neighboring states and getting guys because you have a brand that give, gives you the ability to do that, right? Like you're not worried suddenly about – you're not overly concerned about like the Ole Misses and Kentuckys and, and those those sorts of, of programs, even when they're good, uh, better than they are normally. You know, you, if you're Tennessee being Tennessee, that, should, that, that, that stuff should, should almost not be an afterthought, but it shouldn't concern you. It shouldn't intimidate you. And Tennessee is now back to – a place or getting back to a place where that looks to be the case, which is big, big news for this program. Ryan, you got anything else before we get out of here? I, I should throw in that, you know, uh, I, I was at the, uh, the Under Armour camp in, in uh, Carrollton, Georgia on Sunday, mm-hmm. got a chance to talk with a, a number of Tennessee targets who were there. Uh, several guys that unfortunately didn't show up. JJ Harrell was actually a guy listed on the list of participants or expected participants who didn't show up. Uh, but but we did see some of those other receivers uh, that Tennessee's recruiting. Mike Mike Matthews, a five star athlete from uh, from the Atlanta area that Tennessee's heavily involved in, just visited last month and planning to make it back again this spring. So we'll have lots of coverage on the site over the next few days. Had some updates on those guys Sunday, but plenty more coming up on on those guys. Tennessee's got its first junior day of the year coming up Saturday, so check back later this later this week for more uh, throughout the week really on on visitors for that. We've already reported some over the past several days. And then the, the, once things open back up on Wednesday, uh, that, that February dead period ends uh, Tuesday night. So once things open back up, you'll see some visitors kind of throughout the month, even some midweek visitors. And especially once spring practice starts on March 20th, you'll see a lot of visitors uh, from that point forward. So uh, getting back into the time of year when recruiting picks up and, Hey, it hasn't been slow in February with Tennessee having two commitments now in a span of 10 days. There you go. Lots and lots of stuff. Recruiting never sleeps. So, Therefore, go Vols 24-7, never sleeps. Ryan, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. And uh, who knows? Well, you know, it, it could be a couple weeks. It could be a day or so before we talk to you. We never really know, do we? You never know. And this this just shows that two commitments in February, not not what we went into the month uh, fully expecting. But, yeah, it just goes to show you, you you've got to always kind of keep an eye on things in recruiting. There you go. Sleep with one eye open. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, 
Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.